0: Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code G-S-P-P at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code G-S-P-P for 10% off.
1: The
2: new Super Beats Hard Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy COQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.
1: Come on, less work, left. Come on, less work, Come on, less work, Come on.
0: You can wish for it or you can work. for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you
2: ain't working, you should be working. Come on, let's work.
0: These are the Confessions of a Workaholic. 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 Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Yell. so excited to have you back for another week to get up close and personal with another boss. This week's episode is brought to you by Work, Pray, Slay Weekend, which returns to ATL November Oh, I'm sorry. That's last year's date. It returns to ATL this year, October 31st through November 3rd. For details on how you can attend the biggest and best women's weekend of the year, be sure to log on to WorkPraySlay.com. So today, ladies, you are in for a treat because we are talking to the original goal digger herself, Alicia Dunhams. Alicia is an international speaker, trainer, And began her entrepreneurial career when she penned her best-selling book, Gold Digger, Lessons Learned from the Rich Men I Dated, which has been coined as the modern-day version of Think and Grow Rich and is a must-read for all women. Alicia, are you ready to confess? Yes, I am, girl So great to be here. So I remember um, literally hearing you on the radio for the first time years ago. I don't even know what year this was, but you were- Decades, ta- <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were talking about um, your book, and I literally, as soon as the interview was over, I had to get a copy because I was so intrigued. It was the very first time I had ever heard this term, goal,
2: G-O-A-L, digger. Can you share what inspired you to write the book? Oh my goodness. We're talking about 2006 timeframe. And really it chronicles my experiences of dating wealthy men. And what I saw in this, it's like, hey, you know what? I don't want to marry a rich guy. I want to learn their secrets to success. And so I began really interviewing them. And what I did was put it into a book, the 13 Lessons I Learned from Successful and Wealthy Men. Now, when I was trying to come up, up with the name of the book, I was thinking, what, is it, what am I going to name the book? And one of my girlfriends, so I was telling her, she's actually a screenwriter in Los Angeles. I was telling her, I wrote a book and I had all these experiences and I'm putting it uh, in a book for women. And And she goes, Alicia, Alicia, you sound like you're a gold digger, G-O-L-D digger. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, totally horrified that a friend of mine would say that. And I said, No, I'm a gold digger, G-O-A-L digger. And that's when I came up with the name of the book. And I love how you call me the original gold digger because I started using that term in 2006. The book came out in 2007. And it's really taken a life of its own. I mean, uh, I wrote the book and millions of women have used it as hashtags and created t-shirts and all kinds of chotskis with the term really to empower women that they can create wealth on their terms in all areas of their life
0: so that brings up a point this wasn't one of my questions but I gotta ask this how did are you proud of the fact that people have like taken the term gold digger and ran with it or do you feel like okay I should have trademarked this like what what is your perspective on that like is it a good feeling to know that you coined something that literally millions of people all around the world um just kind of have taken and ran with it or, or do you feel some type of way?
2: I, I'm incredibly proud. And first of all, there's nothing new under the sun. So yes, I feel like I termed gold digger and you know what? I did trademark it. I trademarked it for a couple of different, uh, classes. And if you are an expert at trademark law, which I'm not, but I have gotten, I I, I have some knowledge over the years is that there's so many different ways to trademark. And so at the end of the day, I mean, someone might own it for a t-shirt and someone else might own it for this. And it is like, it's like, you know, Gucci trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 bring, uh, bring in the people or, or um, arrest the people on the streets of Milan selling Gucci purses <laughs> on the streets. It's like, it just kind of grows like haywire. And I'm all about crowdsourcing. I'm all about sharing the wealth. I'm all about abundance. And so for me, it's awesome because I didn't take my life in that direction. It's like, I wrote Gold Digger and then I started putting on women's conferences And then I started doing business strategy and coaching and supporting people and writing books, and my life went in a different direction. And so it's an interesting thing because I think we also, because I was in my early 30s, now I'm in my early 40s. And so I'm in a different stage uh, and age of my life. And for me, it's it's a different thing. I do leadership training now. I'm in corporate America. And so for me, I love that it has empowered women. I love that women have run with it. I love that women have used it as a trademark and created, and created things with it. I think it's awesome. I mean, we live in a world where, uh, I'm again, that crowdsourcing concept, it's like, how can we come together, collaborate uh, and create something bigger?
0: I love it. And that's such a great way to look at it because if you were looking at it the other way, like you'll literally drive yourself crazy trying to stop the copycats of the world. Um, so I love that, you know, you, you want to spread the wealth. Um, but yes, ladies, you are hearing from the original gold digger herself. Okay. So back to the book real quick. What would you say is like the biggest life lesson that your experience um, in interviewing and just connecting and interacting with wealthy men taught you? What's the biggest lesson? Even if it's not one that you know is necessarily in the book, what is one life lesson that you feel like you, you wouldn't have learned any other way?
2: Well, I think, which is really something that I just put in my new book that I launched last year, is the power of visualization. One thing I remembered, I was dating this one guy, this wealthy guy uh, who owned a hedge fund company, and I remember looking on his computer, and there was a little post-it note, and it said the following. It said, run an Ironman. It said, um, I think travel to some variety, various countries, uh, and some other key things that he wanted to hit for that year. And what I noticed with anyone who is successful, They visualize to materialize. So something that's really important and in my new book, which I know we'll speak about called I Get To, How Using the Right Words Can Radically Transform Your Life Relationships and Business, when you use words, it is, you know, what I say, what you speak, you create. It's the power of the spoken word. So not only saying it out loud, so writing it down and then saying it out loud and declaring it and what I say, putting, you know, putting skin in the game, having other people know what you're creating so they hold you accountable and then focusing on that, focusing on that. So if you have, like I have five major key points I want to achieve this year, those are my five rocks. Those are the things that every day I'm going to work on those five things until I achieve it. So for example, I wrote gold digger probably in about four months I wrote my book, I Get To, in 15 days. And so something that's really important when you want to create whatever it is in life, if you want to write a book, if you want to start a business, if you want to start a podcast, uh, whatever it is, if you want to travel around the world, which is something I did before I even wrote my books, is you want to first visualize it, then write it down and speak it. I, I love the term, dream it, declare it, and deliver it. I love it. I love it. And I love that,
0: you know, having these conversations lets my listeners, a lot of times, you know, when I'm doing these interviews, we're getting the same major keys, like back to back. And it's like success leaves clues, right, ladies? So these women who have attained these levels of success, a lot of us are doing the same things. A lot of it, you know, we realize that it starts with what we are putting out because that brings things back to us, right? So your words, your thoughts, your actions, all of that being in alignment, such a powerful, powerful um, concept. Um, So when you did release the book, like it's all said and done, it's out there. Did you ever get any slack or shade from people who didn't understand the concept?
2: Oh, absolutely. Actually, that's one of the reasons I stopped actively promoting the book. I was on Oprah and Friends Radio in New York. It was one of my very first radio shows. And I was being interviewed by Jean Chatsky, who's a financial expert. And she used to be on the Today Show. I I think she does her own stuff now. And as I walked into the room, I was so excited. My daughter was super young then. I was excited. I'm like, wow, I really made it. I mean, most authors, they would love to be on anything that says, has Oprah in it. So Oprah and Friends Radio, like how cool is that? And I as I was walking up, it was the Time Warner building in New York City. And I was walking up the escalator and I walked in to the radio studio. And I remember meeting Gene Chatsky for the first time. And there was uh, an imma- immense amount of coldness from her. Like it just, the whole room went from like brightness, like I walked in into cold, into shut down. And she uh, definitely, as you say, gave me shade in terms of like, she knew I was the author of this book, Gold Digger. And, and I don't know if you know the story of what happened there. And I can share with the readers, uh, the listeners today is that- Yeah, please do. I, Yeah, so I walked in and I gave the as you know, we were in the interview, I was super excited. I didn't have a lot of preparation for my publicist, and because I'm just kind of go with the flow type of girl. And I remember she was asking me questions. So she said, like, why did you write this book? And I said, I wanted to share the secrets to success with other young women. And she asked me you know, uh, are you a millionaire yourself? And I, you know, I knew I was going to tell the truth. It's like, no, I'm not. And I'm well on my way by doing these particular tips and, 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 and following these lessons. Uh, and then she said to me something that I really wasn't prepared to answer. And she said, did any of these men give you money? And when she asked that, I remember just like, well, there wasn't even, it was a complete automatic response. we to tell the truth. Now, the thing about radio, as you know, Corell, and, and TV is they like sound bites. And this answer, so so I basically I said yes. Now I didn't have the amount of time to explain the context of the situation. So as I said yes, she uncrossed her leg and crossed her leg again, and she said, You sound like a working girl to me. And it wasn't the W-E-R-K working girl. It was a W O R K working girl, Carl. And I, oh, I went flush. I turned white. I was like, oh my goodness. Now, I obviously didn't have the time to give her the context that this was a man that I dated for uh, almost a year. This is a man who I was working, doing my thing, raising my daughter. And he said, I want you to travel with me. And I'm like, well, I, I'm running a business and I'm doing my thing. I can't travel with you. Hey, let me help you out. So I wasn't able to share that. All I said was yes. And she took that and made her judgments and assumptions. And what that did was both uh, it dimmed my life light and it was the mo- one of the most powerful experiences of my life because guess what? No one can dim your light. So I dimmed my own light at that time. I shut down. I walked out of the studio and I said, oh no, no one will ever say anything like that to me again. My daughter will never hear that said about her mother. So I stopped promoting my book at that time. That was about three or four months after my book came out. So it was really kind of an underground thing at that point. I did go on Steve Harvey's show a few, month, a few years after my book came out, but it wasn't an active thing. I went straight into business. I went straight into consulting. I went straight into the current business that I have today. And, and the lesson learned, I was so shameful. I, I felt so much shame to share that story that someone of such credibility, uh, and, you know, with a journalistic background, said that to me on radio. And I didn't have the, uh, you know, the intervention, the the, the the voice at that moment to speak up for myself. And instead, I chose to shut down. Now, some people could say that happened to me. That's victim mentality. I say that happened for me. And I shared this exact story at one of the end of my my book writing workshops in Las Vegas about a year ago. And there was a woman in the front row and this woman shared her incredible story of being a a Vietnam. uh, She was leaving Vietnam during the Vietnam war and one of the boat people that got on the boats and how her mother was uh, stolen by pirates right in front of her eyes when she was seven years old. So she had this really um, I mean, massive breakthrough during this, this book writing workshop and sharing her personal story. Now, she said to me, I'm glad Jean Chatsky said this to you, Alicia. And I said, Why? Because you wouldn't be here helping us tell our stories and share it with the world. And Corel, that was my moment. It was just two years ago that I realized, wow. The power of, yeah, you know, yes, I I shut down at that point and I started something else and how I'm giving back in other ways and that we all have our stories to tell. And if someone wants to shame us or blame us or shade us or what have you, absolutely. And we, and that moment, even if we, I didn't speak up in the moment because I didn't feel I had the voice at that time. Maybe it takes a few years to speak up, but we always get to own our story and we always get to own our voice. Such
0: a powerful, I mean, you said so many things that I think we can all learn from. Um, And the biggest being realizing that nothing happens to you, it's happening for you. That even those things that appear to be, you know, a failure or a challenge is really just redirecting you to, you know, to where you're meant to be. So Who knows, you know, what would have happened if that experience had not have occurred? Who knows if you would have been able to reach and impact so many people around the world if you had not, you know, started to take that pivot, which is kind of what I wanted to get into, because one thing that you were able to do is pivot your career as an author, even though now I'm learning that it kind of came from, it wasn't necessarily planned, right? Um, But one thing that other authors or aspiring authors... um, kind of uh, struggle with sometimes is not necessarily getting the results that they expect once they release their book. And then they are kind of forced to pivot because they don't really know, okay, what should I do next? What advice can you offer to authors who have written their book, but didn't necessarily get the results that they expected and don't really know what to do next?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm one of those authors. I mean, my book became an Amazon bestseller. I started to uh, get, you know, Oprah and Friends Radio, all this different stuff started to happen, even, you know, being on the Steve Harvey show s- several years later. So I was getting publicity and I could have rode that, rode that horse all the way into the sunset. And I had a, I had a pivot. And when you have pivot, pivot moments in life, it, I chose a different direction. I, I went very serious, very business. And I said, cause I didn't want to be perceived in that way. I didn't want to be, I wanted like nothing to do with that because I came from a very pure place with it. And someone took it uh, and, and someone had a perception, I'll say, or had a thought that it wasn't from a pure place. And, and so that's all good. And, and when, you know, obviously we look back to the past with ro- rose covered colored glasses now, in terms of the authors, because I mean, one thing I would say I'm a genius is, at is at pivoting, as at being agile, at creating something from nothing. And, and so if you are an author and you wrote a book and 100 people bought your book, 50 people bought your book, I mean, the average self-published author sells you know, 50 or less books. It's like, what again, what can you do with that? And that's something that I'm really good at because I'd say I have clients who've become New York Times best-selling authors. And I've had clients who are stay-at-home moms who are just using maybe a book to get back in the corporate world or what have you. And it's what you do with it. So I want to I piggyback off what we said. Did it happen to you? Okay, that's stage one. Did it happen to you? So when you come from that mindset, you're a victim. Number two is, did it happen for you? When you come from that mindset, you come from responsibility. And the third one is, did it happen from you? That's being source. That is coming from creation mode. And so when I have clients who write books, you know, whether it was a New York Times bestseller or someone who has a small book that maybe they did some local book signings and did some local TV, it's like, what can you create with the book? And so something that I've personally done, is I wanted to make the segue, uh, really like a right turn segue this year, last year, 2018, is into corporate America. And that happened so swiftly after my book came out. So I wrote my book in 15 days, I launched it. And what I really did was I used it as a way to get corporate facilitation and speaking. So I did what every business owner does. What do you you get on the phone? You smile and dial. You connect. You uh, you create value. And I started with doing lunch and learns in corporations. Now I get hired for half day, full full day trainings uh, from anything about uh, leadership or emotional intelligence, etc. And what you do is you course correct. You you take what you have in life and you make you make lemonade out of lemons. And every entrepreneur. From from Beyonce to I mean anyone you 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 create with what you have and it's constantly on a daily basis course correcting being agile so for example I've been through one recession and I feel like there's another recession coming up so well, I started my business one year before the recession uh, and when I started that business I was doing a lot of one on one consulting. I was connecting with people at networking events, etc. I found that business drying up when the recession came in 2000, late 2008. During that time, I figured, what am I going to do? Where I, uh, what I was delivering something one to one. What can I do to deliver something one to many? And what I did is I had an a, a event coming up where I was speaking to a women's group, and I said, Well, I'm going to be speaking to a group of women, and normally. I sell a one to one package. What would it do if I sold a one to many package? So, on the stage, I came up with the concept of bestseller to weekend. Bestseller to weekend was really my uh, answer to what was happening in my business. It was the answer to the recession. It was to lower my prices and really reach more people. So, instead of having one on one and a higher level price, having a lower price or more people can get into and and having a group experience. And so I created that and I sold out. Like I, I sold it. I had women standing up and then I had my first bestseller at a weekend which I've been doing for 10 plus years now. And and so um, through that bestseller a weekend process I learned again and it's like I would hear objections, you know, sales objections. I would hear you know what what are people needing because really in conversations with people in enrollment conversations and sales conversations, you hear what people need in their business. So you start creating what people need. So I started hearing, uh, when I, when I started working with more CEO type clients, Mm -hmm. well, they don't want to have a a group experience. They want, they want something done for them. So that's when I came up with my concept, the book funnel, which is done for you, white glove, concierge books. And so that's a $30,000 Package as opposed to Best Weekend is a fifteen hundred dollar experience. And so, as I learn and listen to the variety of clients I have, what did I listen in terms of corporate? Corporate loves leadership. They love EQ, but you know what? They need a lot of. They need a lot of diversity, and inclusion, unconscious bias training, and sexual harassment training, especially with the hashtag Me Too. So, guess what? My next book is going to be. I'm co-authoring a book uh, with uh, one of my clients, actually, who's who's a badass. Uh, Trial attorney. Uh, She's a hashtag MeToo lawyer. And it is called What to Say and Do When You're Sexually Harassed. So, this book is uh, specifically for corporate, it's specifically for us to go in and train on empowering targets of sexual harassment on uh, what to say, what to do in that particular moment. So a mindfulness uh, EQ approach, if you will. And, and so as, you, as the tables turn, as, as, as we see the ab- environment around us evolve there's new opportunities for business. There's new opportunities for conversations. And that's when you jump on it and you get ready to go. Uh, And so that's what I have been doing. I just see, I just put like my little wet finger in the air and I just see where's the temperature going? Where's the wind blowing? And then what do I get to create where I will be solving a problem that might not even be a perceived problem yet, but it's something that's on the horizon.
0: So many gems. I hope that y'all were paying attention, taking notes, because those multiple streams of income is what she literally just gave us ideas for. So all of the different ways that you can, even if you've already written your book, take that book and turn it into so many different things um, based on the needs of your audience. So since you've been doing the bestseller um, project, bestseller in a weekend program for so long, I know that you have some amazing advice for the aspiring authors out there who just have not been able to get started. What's your best advice for them?
2: Oh, wow, is to get support, to get accountability. So whether it's like attending Bestseller at a Weekend where you write your 100-page draft book manuscript and you have a community of people around you who are cheerleading you on, that would be number one. Or Number two, again, if you do it in a group workshop or have an accountability buddy, where you guys support each other in terms of hitting key targets, key milestones and deadlines and, you know, focus with the, the outcome in mind. So really be vision, the outcome in mind. So what do you want to create? Uh, Who do you want to be around? So it's like, it's really visualizing the life you want to create. So for me, like when, when I came up with the book concept for the sexual harassment, I contacted one of my clients. I said, "Let's do this together." And then we're we're creating already the uh, you know what the trainings look like, and and it's constantly being like I mean I'm on fire. I've been up since four a.m. this morning. I worked at a Gold's Gym. I, I'm like I'm like I'm you know I'm working like it's 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 being on fire for life, and so being really passionate about your topic and passionate about the, the process as well. So one of my biggest lessons in life, I mean, I've always, always been a results person. I've always been a goal oriented person, hence goal digger. And so I've always, we like the end of mine, the end of mine. And it's taken me some time to be like, wow, really romance the journey, fall in love with the journey. And so that process, that's what I, uh, you know, um, want to share with your audience as well is to fall in love with the journey that when you write your book and you get, there's going to be some parts that are like, Oh, i oh, got to go to editing. Now got to go to typesetting. Uh, that might slow you down a bit. If you're focused on that, that, that vision of your book launch day and your book launch party and your virtual book tour, what have you. I mean, look at Michelle Obama. I mean, she's the perfect example. I wrote a, a blog on her, how she not only exemplifies, you know, the quintessential leader and she wrote a book. She created just the kick-ass uh, book tour, I mean, where she was doing it with her friends. She had her friends interview her. She, she sold out arenas. So, and she, and she was writing her book. She was using Instagram to promote it. Now, obviously, she's the president, uh, the, the first lady, former first lady of the United States. So she has a huge platform. But, you know, what I would say to everyone here is, is, is take that on take on that huge platform. Do your book tour. I'm about to go on a book tour where I'm speaking at nonprofits. I'm speaking at corporations. I'm going to, I'm going to be, you can meet me here, meet me at this bookstore, meet me in this particular location, create opportunities to give back, to learn. And so uh, for aspiring authors is the first thing, come up with a great topic, make sure that you are solving your target audience's problem. And Create the platform so people are excited about receiving your book. So document the process of writing your book. There was a lot in there.
0: (laughs) A lot of good stuff, though. Free game. She is giving us free game right now. I hope that you are taking it all in and taking some good notes. Okay, so I want to get into this latest book. Um, what is the concept? I mean, you told us a little bit about it, but let's dive into the concept and the importance of being mindful you know, of your words. So the title
2: is I Get to." Yes, I Get to how using the right words can radically transform your life relationships and business. And in this book, it's really about intentional communication for transformational results in your life. What you say, you create. The words you speak, you create. And so it's being intentional with your words. So instead of saying, I'm trying, I'll try to get that report to you by 6 p.m. Or I'll try to pick you up at 3 p.m. Instead of saying, I'm trying, because trying is failing with honor, what does it look like if you say, I'm committed to I'm committed to having that report done at 6 p.m. I'm committed to being at your basketball game. So trying really in those words, it's saying that you're not fully committed to being there or getting it done. So if you remove trying from your vocabulary, what results are on the other side of that? So that's, a, that's an example. So I have 40 particular, I would say, scripts of what to use. So instead of saying, I have to, I have to do the dishes. What does it look like to say, I get to do the dishes? Meaning you have running water. You have, you know, a food that you were able to prepare. Perhaps you just prepared for a loving family. So changing your words from I have to, to I get to, comes from a place of gratitude. What would it look like if you used I get to in your day-to-day conversations? Now, Carl, I want to share a really powerful example of switching from I have to to I get to. So when I launched the book last year, I put a video up on LinkedIn. And in that video, I was talking about the power of I get to versus I have to. And within moments, I had a woman comment, and she said the following, and this is for my book. She said, thank you so much for sharing the clip of I get to versus I have to. We experienced the most powerful of turning I have to into get tos when our daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. Her most incredible example being, I get to have chemo, realizing not everyone has a diagnosis, hope for a cure. Or means for medical care. The woman went on to say, My life changing get to came completely altering my course of life. When we were about to gather with family and friends at her grave, I prayed for the get to as I heard repeating in my thoughts, I have to bury my daughter. Please help me find the get to. Immediately, I was given the thought. Only one woman in all the world got to be Joanne's mom. She's the one who gets to release her back into heaven's loving care. Gratitude completely dissolved the sorrow. Wow. That yeah. So when I saw that, I realized that this book gets to be written. I I did the video before the book came out and that's when I knew I wanted to get it out to the world. That that woman's story alone first of all I was in tears being a you know mother of a 17-year-old now and and realizing that someone in that particular circumstance with that particular you know grieving could could see how to be grateful in that moment and how could, she could shift. And now this woman has a nonprofit and she's doing all this work. So again, going from did it happen to me to it happened for me to it happened from me. So this feeling of uh, going from victim to responsible to how can I be source of a changed world? So this woman is going and doing nonprofit work now again. And so that, that shook me and it just shows that perspective pivots are possible anytime by anyone. Well, that's one of those, that's
0: one of those moments where, you know, okay, this is confirmation. You know, if you had ever had a thought in your mind, um, that just confirms that, you know, you are following your calling and really, truly just being a vessel, um, and letting God use you. So I love that. That is definitely, um, confirmation. Mm. If there was one lesson, um, that you've learned through all of your entrepreneurial experiences that you would like your daughter to learn through you without
2: having to learn the hard way, what would that one lesson be? Mm. Well, that's a great question. I, uh, My daughter and I have lots of special moments where I'm teaching her my life lessons, and I've been always been vulnerable and open with my daughter. And in terms of I would say that life lesson is definitely what we just talked about. And that's gratitude. Being grateful. The man complained when he had no shoes until he met the man with no feet. Again, going to gratitude. We can find gratitude in our life in so many different ways. Even if our business might not be doing so well, or we have letters from the IRS piling up, or whatever it is, we always have something to be grateful for. So gratitude, and that
0: will literally—I mean, just—it's a life changer. Um, I, I live by the quote: "What you think about, and what you think about, you bring about." So mm. your thoughts and your gratitude—you know—reflects the things that you you've been blessed with. Um, I love that. So Alicia, I, I have enjoyed this conversation. I've been taking notes. I know that my ladies hopefully have been doing the same, but if they would like to grab a copy of your books or connect with you online or social media, please let them know how they can find you.
2: Absolutely. You can find Goal Digger and Lessons Learned from the Richmond I Dated and I Get to, How Using the Right Words Can Radically Transform Your Life Relationships and Business on Amazon. You can also go to aliciadunhams.com to see my blogs and where I am next and bestsellerinaweekend.com if you want to write a book. I'm going to be in Los Angeles here soon and in New York and you can always email me at alicia at aliciadunhams.com. This has been
0: another game changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do the work. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love you. See you next week.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive.